The race to 5G is on, and the battle for talent is getting fierce. Welcome to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, a podcast dedicated to helping you face the future workforce head on. Navigate this challenging talent landscape with innovative strategies to attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. Only here on 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. And welcome to 5G Talent Talk. My name is Carrie Charles, and I will be your host. I am thrilled today because I have with me two amazing people with a company that I highly respect, and that is Fullerton Engineering. Andrew Herring is the Senior Vice President of Strategic Development for Fullerton, and Kelly Lazuka is the President of Wireless Services for Fullerton. Thank you both for joining me today. Of course, it's our pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. It's been a long time. I'm glad you're finally here. Right. <laughs> a few reschedules, but that's COVID, so we got to deal with it. Life. <laughs> that is life right now. So tell me a little bit about how you got to where you are, your roles, you know, your career path. Kelly, why don't you start? You actually just joined Fullerton, right? I did, six months ago. So I was with my previous company for about 21 years. So this is really only my second job in the industry. Oh my um, God. I know, I know. So I started out 21 years ago as a site acquisition specialist, knocking on farmers' doors and asking to lease, you know, space for our Excel customers. And I didn't know anything about the industry. I don't even think I had a cell phone when I was out there doing that. Now that I think about it, it was a different time back then, right? But then over the years, you know, I just... I learned a lot and I held all different positions, project manager, program manager. I think even one time I had a troubleshooting title, troubleshooter, you know, some kind of crazy title like that. And then, you know, director. And then most recently before I left my previous employer, I was uh, the vice president of business development. So I kind of transitioned from operations over to the sales side for a little bit. And then now I'm back dipping my feet or drowning, I'll say, in operation. So that's kind of my path. It's been exciting, and I've learned a whole lot. That's awesome. That's great. Andrew? Yeah, it's funny. So I started in the business, let's see, 2009. I actually, I started in staffing. My intro into wireless was, or telecom, was with staffing, right? So I had a staffing background in healthcare prior, and then I jumped into staffing for wireless, right? So deployment type of services. And so from there, you know, I bounced around a little bit, but I always held roles and sales capacities to the point where I was starting to run sales teams and run strategies, always for deployment type of companies. I dipped my toe a little bit into the product side of the world, but for the most part, it's always been selling services, right? So, and then the opportunity at Fullerton came to really, you know, start a group, build it the way I want to do it, go after different things, build organizations, build service lines. And so that's what I do today, right? My role as strategic development is to lead the sales team that we have at Fullerton. I kind of set the sales strategy in terms of of who we go after, how we go after them. You know, Kelly and I and myself, we also sit on the management team. So I have my corporate responsibilities as well. And how long have you been with Fullerton? A little over three years. Three years. Got it. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, let's learn more about Fullerton. So tell me about your services that you provide, who do you serve, and just all about Fullerton. Yeah. So 
You know, I think the folks on the podcast listening would probably think Fullerton as primarily an A&E company. And that's what we've been for a long time. And it still is very much our core, but we're much more than that today. At the heart of it, really, what we do is we're an engineering, design, real estate, and installation company within the wireless and wireline space. So at Fullerton today, we've got three divisions. We've got one, which is our wireless services, which is Kelly, her group. That focuses on anything soft cost related on the towers, right? So your site acquisition, your engineering, your design, all the way through permit on the tower. Kelly's group focuses on that. She's got a national group. We can do work all over the country. We're licensed in all 50 states, but it's primarily soft cost services focused on the tower. We also have what we call uh, utility services. Um, it's led by Jason Palmer. He's our president. That gets us more into that wireline space. About five years ago, Fullerton jumped into that space, even providing fiber design services to the small cell. And small cell really started to pick up. And since then, we've really organically grown that group to fairly large size. And as you know, the industry is very, you know, it's headed that way. We're seeing a lot of activity, activity in the fiber space. And so we can do anything from engineering design, you know, to the node, to the macro, to the building, you name it from an outside plant perspective. That group focuses on that. Then what we have, our third division is called technical services. It's led by Mark Steinbach. So what we do there is anything related to DAS, in-building design, installation. And then we do a little bit of installation on the macro and the small cell side of things. We made an acquisition about three years ago to a local GC to Chicago in the Midwest, which really allowed us to expand our installation capabilities. So we're really starting to see a lot of growth and activity with our installation capabilities in the small cell space, as well as the macro space. Boy, you got that right. You do much more than just A&E. <laughs> right, right. That's amazing. Yeah. No, it's, congratulations. That's so exciting. So what makes you different than, let's say, other companies that do what you do? Yeah, so, I mean, there's definitely other companies that, you know, their models are very similar, right? It's not like we've created something that's super unique over here. But what I always like to tell people is that we focus on self-performance as much as we possibly can, right? We want to make sure that Fullerton can guarantee a good product that is coming from Fullerton, right? You see a lot of companies out there that are large tier one direct, but they don't really specialize in anything. They do a little bit of, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And a lot of it is more project management based rather than the folks actually doing the work, producing the deliverables, you know, they're going out to subcontractors for that. So we really pride ourselves on trying to self-perform as much as we possibly can in-house. So we like to say that we've got the best, you know, we got the best of the best, right? We have a really good engineering team. Obviously, we've been doing it for 20 plus years. So we like to say we have a really good niche on bringing in good engineers, training them the right way, and really delivering just an exceptional product. And the same goes for all of our services. We're really trying to keep the quality there by self-performing as much work as we possibly can. The full life cycle of deploying you know, cell sites or in networks is something that we've really focused on. We pivoted to be able to handle all of that. And so again, self-performance is key for us and finding just the best possible people to do that is key. And also, I'd like to say that you know, technology, we're really, really utilizing technology and automation to deliver this, right? Goods and services nowadays need to be delivered in a different way. And we've really embraced technology. We've embraced automation to be able to help us do that. And I think that gives us a competitive advantage as well. Good, good. Any other thoughts, Kelly? Because I want to hear more about your group and also a little bit about your vision. You've been there Absolutely. six months, so what are you going to do? What's on the horizon? 
Well, the vision is evolving, but <laughs> no, but the group, let me talk about my group real, real quickly. I'm really proud of the group I'm working with. There's some great legacy people that were here before me. And then, you know, we've brought in some really great folks as well. So like I said, I, my division houses engineering and site acquisition. So I have about a hundred or so people, both full-time employees and contractors. There's a good mix. And a good portion of that team sits here in Chicago, which is where I'm at, where Andrew and I are based out of. But I do have you know, quite a few folks sprinkled through the U.S. as well as we do have in-market resources. So as far as our, what that vision looks like right now, and you know, I've been thinking about this since I started here, really. And Fullerton has, like Andrew said, we've always been a leader in the engineering space in the industry. But I think my goal for 2022 is pretty simple. Just position Fullerton to be one of the top, if not the top performing, self-performing SIDAC and engineering vendor nationally. I mean, it's pretty simple. We want to be the best, right? And we want to do the best for our customers. You know, how are we going to get to that vision, I think is the question. And there's a lot of competition out there in the SIDAC and the engineering world. So for now, given that I'm still relatively new, I'm just trying to keep it simple. People, Andrew hit it on the head, putting the right people in place and setting up a culture at Fullerton where our teams really want to work, where there's this mutual respect between the leadership and the teams. And, you know, leaders are taught how to get progress and teams are taught how to stretch themselves. And I don't mean overwork themselves, but I really mean more challenge themselves, right? And in order for us to allow them to challenge themselves, we really need to make sure that we have the right tools in place, the right systems and tools, and the most efficient workflow processes. This is the key to setting up our good people for success. And Andrew's going to talk more about the culture in just a bit, but certainly the tools and the processes We've been working on improving them since I started. So we're excited about that. The other thing is work and how we accept work, how we deliver on the work that we commit to is going to change a little bit. So we're really being a little bit more strategic on what scopes we take, where geographically we accept work. It's really, really hard to say no to a customer. I know that I've fallen into that trap. It's, you know, we're afraid of ruining the relationship. We're afraid of not getting asked to participate in future work. But what really I've found is that, you know, the customers want honesty. They want us to tell them if it's a scope we can't handle or a a market that doesn't make sense for us, or if we're just too overloaded. So, you know, most customers, they really understand and appreciate our honesty, I think, because they're, we're really helping them avoid failure and we're helping to avoid breaking a relationship in the future. And then I think the last thing I want to focus on in getting us, you know, to being that top performing vendor is really our operational strategy. You know, like I said, lots of competition, right? Vendor pricing is really driven down. Milestones are probably lower than than we've ever seen them. Our customers now have matrix pricing and take it or leave it pricing. And as a result, you know, Fullerton really doesn't have the option to be a cheaper option, but we can certainly be the fastest and we can create, you know, quality deliverables for our customers. And that is the goal. We want to be fast, but we want to do it right. So the past few months, I've been working with my vice presidents on both my engineering and site acquisition side, Ahmed Garcevic and Samir Alim, respectively, to set up this like, you know, really 
high performing models. So we're ready to rock and roll in 2022. Well, you've done a lot in six months. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I will add, so, you know, Kelly was such a key hire for Fullerton because as we were making that shift and pivoting into, you know, the, the site act space, we had started doing it about five years ago, but at a very small scale, right? And as we started to get more tier one contracts and get bigger looks at things across the country, we didn't have the personnel to deliver that. We didn't have the tools. We didn't have the experience. We didn't know what we were doing, right? We had done a good job of getting it off the ground organically, but how do you then deliver on it and deliver at scale and deliver the good quality product, right? And so that was why, you know, Kelly coming over was so big for us. And it was such a big land that she has that experience. She's done it. She's seen it. It was so big for us. And so, you know, she's come over and just done a phenomenal job. And as she mentioned, but it, it was so key for us to get Kelly to be able to deliver on the strategy and the model. I can't harp on that enough. Andrew, you mentioned five years ago, and I know that Fullerton was a different company five years ago, right? And you talked a little bit about it earlier, but tell me what has changed? How has the company changed? Yeah, for sure. So again, you know, as I mentioned in my intro, you know, primarily A&E was always the focus and, you know, kudos to the owner, the old ownership prior to me joining, because we do have new ownership now. They did see the writing on the wall. They said, look, you know, the industry is changing and it's evolving and we need to do something about it. Right. So kudos to them for actually acknowledging that it's really hard for companies who've been in business for that long to acknowledge that something needs to change. So they did acknowledge that and they started to put the wheels in motion to expand other you know, service offerings and to be able to capture more scope. So some of the wheels were in motion, but you know, we were kind of stuck, right? They didn't really have the people, the experience that had done that before, had opened up other lines, had gone to the carriers direct. So really the last five years, you know, my focus has been one, going out there and getting those tier one contracts, right? Historically, Fullerton has always worked through program management type companies, third parties, turf vendors, et cetera, right? And so we had to go out and acquire those contracts, right? And that takes a lot of time to get paperwork and get in front of those people. So, you know, there's a lot of energy and effort for myself and others in obtaining contracts. That was one, right? Two was then getting the word out that Fullerton actually does these services, right? So we'd check the box with contracts, but then you got to go to the markets and you got to say, hey, we actually can do this work for you. And so Again, historically, Fullerton was known as just that engineering company. So getting the word out that Fullerton does much more than that, you know, takes time, right? So we were out there grinding and making sure that the industry was aware of what we were doing and where we were going. And then the last piece of that is, you know, winning the work, getting the work, and then delivering on the work, right? And so we were getting folks that were giving us opportunities, and we just kept delivering on the work. And that was huge. And again, adding these strategic hires like Kelly to help implement these processes we kept doing, you know, now we're where we're at. And it's just as our strategy talked, it was being a tier one provider, offering more services that are more turnkey for the life cycle of our project and self-performing as much as possible. Those are the three things that we really focused on in our strategy. And it's really worked out for us. You know, the world of telecom services has changed. And, you know, especially over the last year or two, and I know, Kelly, you touched on this, but talk a little bit about the changes that you've seen being in that world and also maybe some of the challenges that you've had to overcome and maybe some strategies that you've used to be successful in services right now. Yeah, I'll I'll let Kelly jump in. I'll start. You know, yes, the, the landscape has totally changed in our industry. And, you know, 
we've got a lot going on, a lot of buzzwords. But what I've seen is a major change in the way that our clients are buying work, right? Buying goods and services. You know, before it was you get a contract, you go to the market, you say you can do the work, you deliver the work, right? That's kind of how it was. Now there's much more complexity to it. We're seeing now that there's a lot more sourcing involvement, national sourcing involvement with our clients. Not only do you need to get the contract, you got to make sure sourcing knows who you are and what you do and where you do it. And they have to be very familiar and you have to have that relationship. But then you also have to make sure the markets know who you are and, and where you can do it and how you do it. And so it's really added a level of complexity to the sales of you know the sales process. And so I think you're seeing the companies that are being successful in this space right now are the companies that have figured that out. I've figured out, okay, sourcing is very much involved. This is how they like to buy services. You know, they're really consolidating, wanting single source type of solutions. So you got to make sure that you check that box and they know who you are. But then at the same time, you got to make sure that your sales folks are in the market, keeping those people happy so they know who you are. And so it's definitely added a level of complexity, but I think you've seen the, the successful companies come out of the last three to four years have kind of figured that out. And you've seen some of the old school, kind of the old guard companies either get gobbled up in M&A activity, or they just haven't been as successful with growth. And so, yeah, it's very much different, but Again, we've pivoted ourselves over the last few years to be able to handle that and to be able to be attractive to not only sourcing, but the markets and the way that these folks are buying. Yeah. And I also think that more of our customers are looking for a turnkey model. So before they would have multiple vendors for different aspects of the work, right? So they would have a RF firm for design, and then they would come in and get a SIDAC vendor, and then an A&E vendor, and then a construction vendor, and then an integration vendor, right? So I think our customers are looking for more of a one-stop shop and we're seeing that. And so that's the other reason why Fullerton has started to house more services so that we can limit the points of contact and make our customers' lives easier too. And I think another point, you know, sourcing has a role. I don't want to act like I'm talking poorly about my sourcing friends around the country (laughs) and the globe, but, you know, they have a goal and to get the best bang for their buck, right? And to consolidate services. And I totally get that. It's just, and that's the world we live in. And so again, we as vendors then in the community have to get creative with how we deliver work, right? That's just, that's on us. And, you know, there's a lot of smart people and a lot of smart tools in the world for us to take advantage of it. That's what it is, right? I mean, we should be lobbying for better prices, of course, because there's a lot of value in the work that we provide you know, unfortunately it is what it is right now. And so we have to be creative and come up with solutions on how to navigate that to deliver that work. Sure. I love the positivity. Love it. Now you talked earlier about people and talent and how this is, and Kelly was instrumental in, you know, in really getting you to that next level. So do you have any strategies or anything that you're doing right now that's successful in attracting the talent that you need to attract? I mean, it's a tough market. Obviously, we all know that. It's a tough market. It's a tough time for resources, I think, for a lot of industries, right? Restaurant industries, you know, our industry, it's no different. People are, you know, companies are having a hard time finding people. But, you know, I honestly have always believed that if you find the right people with the right work ethic, if they have, um, you know, relevant experience, transferable skills, and then if we were able to develop this really robust training program, we can teach our business, you know, there's really no longer a need for all, all of your individuals that you hire to be experienced. Okay. And like I said, it's very hard to come by at the moment. So 
this has not always been a popular opinion. I mean, I tried this model about 10 years ago with some of my experienced leaders. And I said, you know, we have to hire this huge workforce and here's how we're going to do it. We came up with this training and they fought me. Good Lord, did they fight me on this because, you know, Kelly, they don't have any experience. The learning curve is going to be too long. Oh my gosh, I have to teach. I have to train. I have to mentor. I have to do this. And really what they found, (laughs) and I think if you got them all together, they would say the same thing. I like to think that, is that they got to mold and shape these individuals who have really come to them with zero bad habits, who are really mostly eager to just learn a new career. And I think recruiting in this way helps in a few different ways. So you, now you have a larger resource pool from which to pull, and you have maybe more affordable resources, more of those entry-level resources that you, know, you can bring into the fold. And really committing to these folks in this way, it shows that Fullerton is committed to loyalty. And in return, we build loyalty. And then from there, it's pretty easy. You're able to create your own internal leadership pipeline because your team was trained correctly from the start. Now, this concept is easier said than done, certainly. You need to have time, you know, time to train, time to get past the learning curve, which most likely includes some kind of investment to carry costs and And quite honestly, not all companies have this luxury. And so I think that's why I feel really, really fortunate to be part of Fullerton, you know, just because they're taking that kind of leap. And that opens the door for huge opportunities for us to deliver. We have a fantastic trainer, you know, who's not only creating training modules for these new folks, but, you know, she's patiently working with them every day just to hone their skills and throw new challenges at them so that when new work comes in, you know, this bench of people, they're ready to start immediately and be successful for our customers right out of the gate. And that's important, right? I mean, customers want immediate results. I mean, that's, I think everybody is in this world of that, you know, we want that immediate gratification. So, you know, a training book like this is really invaluable for companies like Fullerton, who never really had a formalized training program in place. I mean, I don't know about you, Andrew, but I know when I started in this industry, knowing absolutely nothing and not even what a cell tower looked like, you know, I would have really benefited from something like this instead of just, you know, here's a telco box, here's an electric pole, find something close to there, you know, for our customers to lease. So the training we're providing is immediately setting up our teams for success. The trainer, you hired a trainer, you know, and I tell so many of my clients that I say, look, you hire people that can train and then it actually will allow you to get you know top talent you know higher character train skill i mean it's all there so brilliant yes 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 i'm all in for that andrew any thoughts on that what are your secrets right now share some secrets here (laughs) (laughs) no i think kelly nailed it on the head right i think we try to especially in an industry right now that we're a little resource crunched you got to do something different. And I think this model is different, right? Bringing in some people that don't necessarily have the experience per se in telecom and bring them in and training them the Fullerton way, right? I think you can get a new, you can tap into a new pipeline, but also too, as Kelly mentioned, you build loyalty. People feel appreciative of investing in their training and their career pathing and their development, which is huge, right? It's, it's absolutely enormous. You know, a lot of times our industry, it's so fast paced, right? You know, from a staffing perspective, you get hits like, hey, I need this rec filled tomorrow. 
And they just want a body that has resume that fits the job description. But if you can really develop people and train people and put some energy and investment into it, I think in the long run, it'll pay off. Now, again, that always isn't our luxury because their clients want everything done yesterday and they want things done as quick as possible. So it's a fine balance, but just the way that the industry is, we don't have enough resources. So we got to do something a little different. So, And really those people that have started in this industry that had no knowledge five years ago, six years ago, 10 years ago, whatever it was, you know, they have since fanned out into our customers and tower companies and other vendors and they're thriving. I mean, they're really thriving. And so that's something that's really kind of near and dear to my heart because they're like, you know, look at my babies, you know, they're all grown up. And it's so nice to see them, you know, trying out other roles and, you know, just growing in their careers. It's really nice to see. So what is the Fullerton culture like? Like, what's it like to work at Fullerton? Yeah, you know, coming from me, I've, you know, three years here, I think what I really would say is at the top of that is our people, right? People really matter at Fullerton. You know, just last week, we had posted something on LinkedIn about an employee that's been here for 20, 20 some years, right? And so there's a lot of people like that at Fullerton. There's a lot of 15 plus, 16 plus year people at Fullerton, which, you know, says a lot, right? in today's age, right, where people are bouncing around jobs left and right, there's a lot of loyalty here. So at first, I think that there's something to be said about having a workforce that has people that are here longer than 15 years. And so, you know, clearly Fullerton takes care of their people. And with that, I think is just, again, the, the investment in those people, the career pathing and things like that. And Fullerton really values that. And, that. and we see that on a daily basis. And we're continuing to build off of that. As Kelly mentioned, she's really focusing on training her people and her division and whatnot. So you know, really the dedication to the people is huge. The constant professionalism here always amazes me. Before I even was at Fullerton, I always viewed them as a very professional firm, right? A very professional logo, the way they reached out to the industry, carry themselves at events and things like that, always very professional. And I think you'll still see that up and down the roster at Fullerton. Just, everyone's very professional and we strive to make sure that our quality is there and we're just the utmost professionals at all times. And so, you know, you can see that. Another thing that's amazing here is the diversification in our workforce, right? You look at our roster of employees and they have all sorts of different national backgrounds, different sets of skills from different industries all over the place. And that's amazing, right? Diversity is huge for us. And it's not just because it's big for a lot of our clients, but it's big for us, right? We were a minority-owned business before we went through a a private equity acquisition, and that's very important to us. And so you see a lot of our leaders are females, are minorities, and with different backgrounds. And so that's something that we really try to continue to support and to continue to move on. And so, yeah, I think that those are the big things that you'll see at Fullerton. And, And also, too, as we went through a pandemic, it really allowed us to open up our eyes into how we did business and how we hired people. And so we used to be just such a focused, a headquartered focused company. But now we've discovered that you could do business in so many different ways with the technology that's out there. And so we've really tried to create an environment where, hey, you can work from anywhere. You know, you can live anywhere as long as you check the box, you're a good person and you've got some transferable skills and you're teachable, we'll bring you on and we'll give you an opportunity. And that's really that's all it's about. So I think those are the really the things that stick out to me that make us a little different and that create the culture that we have today. Yes. You know, and I can say that you are absolutely right about that because we staff for you and it's congruent with our candidates as well and the employees that we have at Fullerton as well. So 
it's definitely, you have created something special, that's for sure. And speaking of something special, what do you look for when you're hiring? Is there a particular type of person that really fits that culture? You know, who are the Fullerton team members? And you said professional and, you know, tell me a bit more. Okay. So I thought a lot about this question, Carrie, and I figured I could give like, a, you know, the canned response of hardworking, organized, professional experience, et cetera. And all of those things are really important. And I'm not downplaying any of those, but they're important to everybody, I think, in every industry and they're givens, right? But for me, I have a few other characteristics that I look for when, when hiring a team, when putting a high-functioning team together. And one of those, which Andrew mentioned, was diversity, but really diversity in background and experiences, and then also diversity in ideas. I never really saw the value or believed in hiring all people that come from the same experiences or beliefs as each other or as me, for that matter. It's really important to have a well-rounded team. And at times, you know, sometimes a team that's smarter than me, right? Some people are threatened by that, but you know, one of my mentors once told me, and a lot of famous business folks have, have said this, but, you know, don't be afraid to hire someone who knows something or someone that you don't. I mean, it only makes you better, right? Just be confident in what you bring to the table. Your team will make you better. And I really believe that. When I encourage that kind of collaboration amongst a diverse team, like I've seen in my past working history, it's like magic happens. It's amazing what ideas and concepts come out of that team. Diversity is important to me. You know, being dynamic, being agile, that is huge, especially in our industry. I mean, you can't be fixed in the status quo. Andrew mentioned that, you know, our industry has changed and it's evolving over the years and the way customers hand out business and so forth and so on. And people who aren't afraid to grow and change as our industry grows, you know, I think that's great. I think that's important to a high functioning team. And I personally like taking risks. I like trying new models, trying new things. And especially here at Fullerton, where there's so much opportunity to do that, it's really nice to have a team with me that sees that long-term vision and who wants to keep learning and growing with you, right? So I love to hear ideas on how to be more efficient and more effective coming right from those teams. You know, I like when they challenge me. I was honest. It's like, okay, hold on. The people that will watch this will know me that maybe I don't love being challenged, but I like hearing how to do things differently, how to do it better, right? And having this dynamic, flexible, agile makeup, just honestly, it naturally sets us up for success when new customer demands are placed on us or... When customer priorities change, the person that fits into that dynamic culture, I feel, you know, will be really, really successful. And then lastly, I mean, I think this goes without saying, but character is super important. Reputation, good moral character, that will set you apart from any competition as far as I'm concerned. You can never, ever go wrong with being honest, doing the right thing, even if it costs you a relationship, if it costs you a job or a customer. If operating ethically and doing right by your team, right by your customer, doing right by yourself causes you to lose one of those things, they probably weren't worth having in the first place. So a diverse group of people who can be really flexible and they want to grow, 
and they have a really, really high moral character. Those are important to me when hiring. And they have a voice. And I love that you said that. You said it without saying it, but that everyone has a voice and you love hearing those ideas, like and love, but you know the value, the value (laughs) is there. And I'm the same way. I'm like, this is very valuable. Go ahead and let me have it. Okay, go ahead. Lay it on me. Uh, Andrew, what are your thoughts on that? I totally agree. I think, you know, for me, I'm big on, as Kelly mentioned, kind of the character piece, right? I'll give anyone an opportunity, regardless of their skill set, regardless of what school they went to. If I view them as just a high moral character, and they're dynamic, and they come with perspective, I'm like, I can deal with that. I can train someone. It's not rocket science what we do. And especially in a sales role, you know, for me, sales is all about like, you know, reading the room and having really good self-awareness about our clients and, and kind of the meeting you're in. And so those are things that I look for. I don't really look for someone that's got, you know, 30 years experience selling services in our business. I look for someone that's like, okay, can you read a room? Do you have good character? Can you understand a client's needs? Are you solutions driven? Are you dynamic? You know, those are the things for me that I look for and that I value any day over a resume with a ton of experience or a, you know, (laughs) Ivy league school. It's just some of that stuff goes out the window when I'm looking at my people. Yeah. Agreed. Do you have any specific programs or initiatives where you develop leaders? I know that you bring people in many times that don't have experience, some that do, but some that don't. And then what's your process for taking that person along a career path and then developing them into a leader? Do you have anything formal? Is it informal? I think for a long time, it was probably more informal, but we're definitely formalizing it. We're putting some structure around that. As I mentioned earlier, Fullerton is a huge proponent of developing leaders from within. And in the past six months that I've been here, we have promoted from within. It's just as you know, Carrie, giving that person a promotion into a leadership role, whether it be you know, project manager, program manager, design manager, director, whatever it may be, without the proper support, rarely, rarely works. We may think that someone is ready for a leadership role. They may think they're ready, but until they're actually in it, leading a team, we really don't know how they'll do, right? right. And team leadership is so important, probably more important than personal leadership because you start to realize it's not just about you anymore when you take on a team. And this team is looking to you to guide them towards success. So how does Fullerton, I think your question is really, how does Fullerton provide that support to current and our potential leaders? And you know, for our engineering team, it's, there's a lot of support there. Fullerton really encourages our engineers to get licensed in multiple states. Fullerton will pay for all classes, all fees associated with obtaining that additional licensure. And this makes us more marketable, right? And like Andrew said, right now we are licensed. We have somebody who's licensed in one of the 50 states. But people move on, things happen, people win the lottery, right? And so we don't want to be left with a hole, basically, of you know not having somebody who is licensed. So we really encourage our engineers to you know take that extra education. For managers, whether it's on the engineering or the SIDEX side that are on a leadership path, you know, Fullerton is always open to discussing additional education needed to support these roles and supporting that education. It's just right now we're in the process of kind of formalizing that as far as what that offering is. But, you know, we've had multiple people come to me and say, I'd really like to take this class on, you know, leadership presence or something. And, you know, we run it up the chain and most often it's approved because we know that it's just making our folks, it's just making our folks better. 
Also, I personally am a, have always been a huge supporter of trying new things and new roles. And as painful as it is to lose, you know, really strong members of your team, Fullerton doesn't believe in holding people back. So if someone on my team says to me that he or she wants to try out another role in another division, as sad as it might be to me, you know, I always support that move. Giving people more exposure to other aspects of the company, to other aspects of the industry, it only makes them more valuable to Fullerton, really. And it's crucial to growing their career. And we do believe in empowering and supporting our people to do just that. And, you know, we did recently hire a new member of our HR team who's really committed to helping our divisions, like, you know, develop that career path trajectory for our people and setting clear personal goals, clear team goals, clear company goals. And it kind of puts this onus on not just leadership, but the teams as well, that they have a part, they have this vested interest, right? And personal investment into Fullerton's success. And we recognize those successes. We really do. We run them up the chain. I mean, we send Andrew all the time, you know, get this out to the board, you know, different successes that our teams have had specifically by name with our customers to give them exposure and access to that upper level. You know, we think that's important. We think that's important to get them exposed to all of the, you know, our leadership. And really lastly, if we decide to put somebody in a leadership role, we're essentially saying we trust that person with the responsibilities that come with that role. I'm working with my team to empower their leaders and managers to make decisions, take chances, and accept the accountability that comes with that you know, give them the power to run the teams. They'll always have our oversight. <laughs> but let's face it, in the SIDAC and A&E world, we're not doing anything life-threatening, right? There's no decision that can't be walked back and a good lesson learned from it. Now, if they keep making the same mistake, well, you know, that's obviously another conversation. But, you know, empowering our leaders and giving them the right guidance is something that we're really striving to implement here at Fullerton. Any thoughts, Andrew, on developing leaders and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, Kelly's a pro at it. She's been doing it for much longer than I and has a large workforce. No, I echo all those sentiments too. I think for me, I'll piggyback and say, I like to empower people, but I also, I encourage people to fail, to try things and to fail, right? And so early in my career in managing people, I was very hands-on and I did a lot for people, which enables people to always lean on you to do it for you, right? So you never allow them to take that next step and fail. And so I learned from that. And so I always, I give people, I give big, you know, big presentations, big pitch pitches, big moments to my team and say, this is yours, right? You've got the skill sets, you've got the ability and we've worked enough. You know what we're talking about. Now it's your turn to go out and to try it, right? And you know, you're never going to succeed and be successful unless you failed a couple of times. We all have, right? So for me, it's really just empowering the people and encouraging them to fail. Failure is great, right? So you learn from it. And so echoing everything that Kelly said, I think for me, that's a big thing. Although sometimes it's hard, right? Because I like to have my spin on everything. But if you're too much involved, right, your teams tend to become reliant on it, which is not a good thing. Agreed. Agreed. Kelly, you know, you're so successful and you've had such an incredible career history. And, you know, I want to talk about you know, women in telecom, because I know it's mm-hmm. a, you know, it's no secret. I mean, there's not enough of us and companies are always wanting to attract and retain and develop leaders that are women. And, you know, you are now the president of a successful division. And so I'm just curious, you know, has there been 
how have you in a male dominated industry, how have you grown your career and, you know, gotten to the level that you're at any challenges that you've faced along the way? I mean, as a woman, as a person and like any advice that you might give to a woman who wants to follow in your footsteps in telecom? Don't do it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Stop, stop. Don't go, go there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I've had a great career. There's no doubt about it. Thank you for those kind words. You know, there's no silver belt bullet for excelling in a male-dominated industry. I mean, I can start out answering that with, you know, saying one thing I would have definitely done differently. And that is I would have verbalized my achievements more. And by that, I mean... I kind of camped out in this world of, you know, put your head down, work really hard and your, your hard work, your merits, it'll all be noticed. And sometimes that's the case, but oftentimes for, especially for women, it's not. And if there's anything I learned about myself these last few years is that sometimes you can't wait for your work to be noticed. You need to grab that recognition, you know, and then the other thing for women, and it's hard, but then reconcile with yourself that it's okay to do that, you know? And I think that I just, went for a lot of years, just kind of like my hard work will be noticed. You know, I had challenges along the way, no different than a lot of people listening to this. I mean, nothing special about that. You know, I was overlooked for promotions, credit for my work was taken, you know, by male counterparts, probably some unnecessary blame put on me just because I had higher expectations launched on me. I think same challenges, same challenges you've all faced or are still facing today. But look, <laughs> what worked for me is that I sought out mentors. Nowadays, there's far more female mentors in our industry than there ever mm-hmm. were. My mentors were men. It was a handful of men who not only believed in me, but believed in equality among the sexes. I was lucky. I had a, a handful of good male role models, male mentors. And, you know, it's just, it's a little different now. The thinking in our industry isn't quite as antiquated as it once was. I mean, it's not perfect. And like you said, Carrie, there are more women in our industry than there ever have been. That's a testament to things are changing. Now, again, it's not perfect. It has improved. But I think the advice I would give is if you want to be an executive, you know, and whether in this industry or any industry, I think I would say be professional, be humble. And don't be afraid to speak up and show what's in your wheelhouse. You know, if you can maintain your reputation, that is so valuable. Have a good balance between humility and confidence, you know, grabbing that recognition. And then just continue to improve on your experiences and your performance. People will recognize you. They'll recognize your value. You'll have upward mobility. You'll have opportunities for advancement. And yeah, my last piece of advice is you know, a strong support system at home, especially if you're a working mom, never hurts. I mean, do not underestimate the value of that support system as it plays into your success. Wow. Kelly, thank you so much for your honesty and the wisdom and advice. And it was absolutely brilliant. So thank you. I'm sure you appreciated that just now. So let's talk future. What trends do you see in, in your vertical in, you know, in the services world for 2022? And any opportunities that you're working on, anything exciting that you're seeing up ahead that you're going to take advantage of? Andrew, you want to take that one? Yeah, no, it's a super exciting time in our business. And, you know, everyone, you know, obviously reads the publications and stays in in the loop on what our customers are doing. And they're very active. 
right? A lot of buzzwords. There's a lot going on, obviously, with the recent Spectrum auction, you know, the different technologies as we advance. And so, you know, what I'm seeing in the next five years is a major boom to deploying this, this Spectrum that just went through the FCC auction, right? So we're going to see a lot of carrier activity on the towers, which is great, which lines up perfectly for Kelly's group to be able to go out there and to get these folks upgraded on towers and things like that. We're seeing a big explosion on the fiber side, and it really kind of carried us through the pandemic. You know, fiber to everything, fiber to the home, the rural broadband space is huge with a lot of the government initiatives. So folks need to be taking advantage of that, which is definitely what Fullerton has, has positioned ourselves to do. And then really, you know, if you're a company that can take advantage of this resource crunch, and how do you, if, if a company can figure out how to get through that and to get the people in to get these jobs done, those are the companies that are going to be very successful. It's a challenge. It's a great challenge, but we're finding that, you know, we're getting opportunities and getting low because, you know, that incumbent is unable to deliver or doesn't have the bandwidth. And so we're stepping up to the plate and saying, hey, we can do it, right? Give us a shot. We do this work. We can do it. So there's no doubt there's going to be a plethora of work in the next five years with the technology advancement, the recent spectrum auction, what's going on with these government initiatives. And there's so much work to be had in our space, which is super exciting. It's just that, again, I think that if you're going to be a vendor and a supplier that takes advantage of it, you got to get a little bit creative. You got to get out of the old school mindset. You got to be dynamic and you got to really utilize technology and automation in your favor to be able to deliver this stuff. Mm. Well said. Well said. So I assume that you are hiring. Actually, I know you're hiring because we're helping you hire. So you are are hiring. Where can everyone go to find out about jobs at Fullerton or maybe learn more about Fullerton? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, obviously go to our website, fullertonengineering.com. We constantly are updating our careers page. You can see all the roles that we're posting for. You know, we're always looking for a bench, right? So we're constantly recruiting. Our new director of HR is saying the busiest she's ever been. She's getting overloaded. You know, we're constantly hiring, constantly looking for roles across the country. So don't just think since we're headquartered in the Midwest, we do work nationally. And as I mentioned, through the pandemic, we've been able to expand the way that we have a remote workforce. So constantly hiring for all divisions, all roles. You can go to our website, LinkedIn. We're getting very active on LinkedIn. You can check out all the cool things that are happening on LinkedIn or, you know, our information is probably going to be shared. You can reach out to us individually, right? We encourage you to reach out to Kelly and myself. If you've got questions, follow up, want to know a little bit more about us and the company and what we're doing and kind of the opportunities we have. So I encourage that as well. That's great. Any last words before we close? Anything? It's an exciting time in our industry. It's a challenging time, but it's an exciting time. And I think, you know, I just want to say that Fullerton is stepping up to the challenge for sure. Mm, Very good. Listen, this has been wonderful. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for your transparency, your honesty, you know, authenticity. And it's just been a pleasure learning even more about Fullerton. So thank you so, so much. And maybe yeah. we'll do this again. Okay. Yeah. And thank you, Carrie. Your podcast is amazing and it's, you're mixing it up. I love what you're doing. So kudos I, to you. I do too. Yes. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. All right, take care. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another informative episode of 5G Talent Talk brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate this ever-changing landscape of 5G to help you attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. 
To access the show notes or leave a review, visit broadstaffglobal.com. Until next time.